Father God, thank you so much that your wisdom fills our heart, fills our mind, changes our, our, um, our worldliness, our street smartness, our foolish, stinking thinking, as I heard somebody say one time, God. Please uh, overflow us with your spirit to be able to apply these principles to our lives immediately. I pray for words of, of prophesying over those that are here, words of correction and rebuke, those words of encouragement for some that they know they're on the right track. God, may this be not a time of, of logic or, um, or book smart learning, but may it be a time of supernatural experience with you above everything else. God, please help us to experience the fullness of everything that you have for us. God, as we pour ourselves into your word, please, we ask you that you would pour your word into us. We need you, God. Without you, we're just doing nothing here. In the name of, of Christ, our King, amen. Chapter 28, again, we're burning our way through the book of Proverbs. The 28th chapter continues those things that are um, more practical, a little less ethereal, a little less spiritual. And some of these things uh, in these last couple of chapters are so applicable immediately. Some of us, some of us are so apt Immediately, as I start to teach us to go, oh, man, I failed so miserably. I failed so Listen, it, I, I have to say this a hundred times because I never want anybody to leave here feeling bad after you leave a Bible study. If there's conviction, if there's learning, great. But the book of Proverbs is pure wisdom. None of us are pure in wisdom. None of us have this ability to apply these principles immediately. So please don't leave here going, oh, I failed. Try to take for yourself something that you can take away and go, you know what? Where I am right now in work with this worker, that I can apply. Where I am at home with my wife, that I can apply. There I am with my kids, my, my oldest daughter, that I can apply. So try to attack it from that angle instead of, oh, because it's every single time I teach a book of Proverbs, Anita comes up to me afterward and goes, I'm such a failure. You're not a failure. You're a wonderful woman, and we're glad that COVID didn't kill you. Three people from, from the uh, Century Village? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a wicked disease. Man, I hope God holds those accountable that unleash that on us. Verse 1, chapter 28, the book of Proverbs. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I think that's pretty easy to understand one. It's kind of a funny thing. When you are guilty and you don't know what you're guilty of, I'm sorry, and you know what you're guilty of, but nobody else knows, you could always tell that person. When we were in the street and we did something wrong, every time the cops drove by, we were like, Like I said, I, I used an analogy on Sunday. I, 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 one of the first times I, I actually shed tears of happiness was the first time I got pulled over. And I didn't have to worry about the car, the insurance, the, the registration. It was just, here you go. It was the greatest feeling in the world. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, spiritualizing that just a little bit, 
Um, when you know that you're saved by the grace of God and not through anything that you've done, you're going to be so bold about telling other people about the goodness. Hey, listen, I am not perfect. I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where to get some food. And here I am just one sinner telling another sinner where to get some forgiveness. The righteous or bold is a lion, right? Notice a lion when it walks. You ever watch any of those shows that walk through? It is, you just walk right through all of the, the wild dogs and the, and the uh, hyenas. They just walk away. When that one lion walks by, you always, always like to do that. I always like to visualize the, the text we're reading. Just, what, what picture does it conjure in my mind? You know, that lion that walks through the crowd just... Like that old um, Disney movie, Mufasa. <gasps> Do it again. Mufasa. <laughs> because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, right would be prolonged. I think I covered that one pretty clearly a couple of Tuesdays ago. It's a crazy thing. Originally, the experiment, and believe me, America was an experiment, was can a nation be built on the word of God? Can a nation be built upon the principles of the Bible? Can a people follow after God as a whole? Out of the many, one. And what happened is, originally the government was formed for one purpose and one purpose only, to protect the people from domestic and foreign terrorism. That's why the government was formed. But you know what? We need this and we need that. So let's tax this and let's tax that and let's tax that. And before you know it, politicians come along and, well, I want to get paid. Okay, well, let's form this government group. Let's form this government group. Let's, well, how are we going to pay for it? We'll just tax some more and tax some more and tax some more. Tax some more and tax some more. Well, how do you enforce those taxes? By having what's called big government. So if you think God's a socialist into big government... Because of the transgressions of a land, many are its princes. You have to hire more and more and more and more and more people, collect more and more and more and more taxes to take care of more and more people. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. Now there's so much in that last half of that verse, and I can't even cover it, because almost all the uh, verses in this chapter, like I could spend the whole service talking about each one. So believe me when I tell you, if you're new to our Bible studies here, about, especially when it comes to Proverbs, man, we're scratching the very surface of this amazing thing. We're just pulling a petal off a rose and going and look at one of it. But, man, every single one of these things, the petals just go so deep and wide, and the applications are, are so many. I'm literally covering one, or two, covering one or two on them. A man who understands other people doesn't have to run them. It's called micromanagement, when you have to do everything for everything. You do this and do this and do this. Let people make their own mistakes. Let people do this. When, when you have somebody who's in authority, that's what's so dangerous about our politicians this day and age. They're college-educated idiots, most of them. They have no idea how to run a business smaller. Listen, Trump, he might not have had the right words to say. He might have been an obnoxious idiot, but he knew how to run a business, man. And make no mistake about it, this country is a business. Right? Yep. So if he don't get in office again, which I could care less, at least let's get a businessman in there. Somebody who understands. Let's get a man who understands and knowledge. That way right will be prolonged, 
not cut short, right? Verse 3, a poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no food. Again, visualizing this thing, first thing I always do is, I don't know, I always, when I think about poor people, I always think about whenever I go down to Fort Lauderdale and I think about those, uh, there, there's a lot of homeless en- encampments there. And I always just have this visual on this one where there's one of the beggars is terrorizing the other beggars. And, and the visual and the practical is, think about a driving rain. When a rain comes through and it's driving, really hard rain, and it blows through everything, it knocks everything down, it wets everything, at least, at very least, the grass and the flowers grow afterward, right? He says, but a poor man who oppresses the poor, it's like a driving rain, which doesn't even leave water behind. It doesn't even feed the flowers afterward. You get the visual on that? Verse 4. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Now, you could circle that word for law there if you want. Just write the word, the word. Those who don't, those who don't understand what the Bible says, literally praise the wicked. There's this amazing video online right now. There's a guy named Matt Walsh, and uh, he's a commentator online, and he, he wrote this book about teaching kids about, um, uh, what, 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 I always forget the word, trans, transgenders. And he's on, he's, he's a Christian, he's, he's on the side of, uh, of uh, the conservative, and what should they know? They, well, of course, because he wrote it from the point of logic, they all hate him. So he goes on Dr. Phil this past week, and he meets with these other two transgenders, they're gender fluid, whatever thing they call themselves by this point, and he just talks to them logically. And it's the craziest thing that they can't even define their own words. And the one is a a really seemingly attractive woman, but she has a beard and a mustache. Seems like a nice person. Okay, you're transgender. That's your business. Nobody can. No, I'm a woman. No, what is a woman? What is a woman to you? Well, a woman to me is somebody who has two Y chromosomes, and is that right? And then, and then the, um, and then the, the parts are woman parts. Well, you tell me what you say a woman is. A woman is whatever she wants to be. No, that's not an explanation. Tell me what a woman is. A woman is a gender. Gender is fluid. Gender is what somebody wants to be. So biologically speaking, then, what's a woman? Well, if you want to be technical about the biology aspect of it, that is, is, that is not gender, that is sex. So somebody's sex, that's biological. But their gender is fluid. It, it can shift if they want to. I see. So you said you're a woman. I am a woman. What's a woman? I already told you that. It's just to watch, if you just YouTube Matt Walsh and Dr. Phil, it's so, it's so bizarre. You're like, they live in an alternate universe. When you forsake the Bible, when he is she or she is he or it is they and that is Z, you're praising the wicked. They seem like really nice people. I I wish them well. 
but I, I, I certainly wish they'd stop pushing, trying to push it on our kids. I had this conversation with somebody today about it. It's like, we had to take our daughters. We sent our daughters to a Christian. So there's this church, and they had a school attached to it. We sent them to a church with a school attached to it. My wife homeschooled for 20-some-odd years. She was done, tired. Well, there's a nice little school. We've been there seven, eight, nine years. We did our homeschool groups there. Our kids went to classes there. We sent these little ones there. All of a sudden, they're doing a class called social justice. We're listening to it. They're teaching the kids that rioting is the voice of the unheard. In a church school. I call up the, the principal and say, what, what are you guys teaching? Well, you'll have to talk to the pastor. He's in charge. I call the pastor up. This is what they believe. So you guys are full, all in on the BLM support? You, you do know that BLM is a Marxist. They are against the nuclear family. We don't judge what other people think. Like, what happened to you people? You weren't like this two years ago. Woke church. We have woke churches now, guys. But such as keep the law, contend with them. You see that word for contend? That means oppose. I am weird because I keep the Bible. If you guys haven't heard about this yet, do you know what they just did in Canada? Does anybody know? They literally just outlawed Christianity. You are no longer allowed to convert people to Christianity. In Canada, they just, huh? Yes, coming to, a, coming to a United State near you. They literally just passed a law called conversion therapy is outlawed. You are no longer to convert anybody to your religion, especially if it's Christianity. Verse 5, evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Pretty simple. If you're wicked, you don't know what's right from wrong. Everything is preferential. There's a right and then there's a wrong. And with the evil, there isn't a right and there's a wrong. There's what's good for that person. But those who seek the Lord understand all. I love this explanation of this verse, Old Testament, in the book of Joshua. Joshua is, is climbing over a mountain and he, he comes across this man in, in uniform, basically. And he looks up and he says to him, are you for us or against us? Are you on our side or their side? And you know what his answer was? Neither. <laughs> I'm on the Lord's side. He says, I'm the prince of the Lord's army. Like, it's crazy. We think that God's on our side. No, 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 no. God's only on our side when we're on his side. No, no, you're not, God's not on your side. You're on his side. Yeah, but not the same thing? No. No. It rains on the just and the unjust. You're going through a hard time. It's not because God's mad at you. God was allowing a trial to go in your life to teach you something. This isn't, this isn't like the, uh, um, the, the, the prosperity gospel. Well, if you're going through something bad, that's because you obviously did something wrong. God's mad at you. No. No. You're going through a hard time. Well, did you make a dumb choice? Yeah, I made some bad choices. Well, God wants to help you through it. Even though I made the bad choices? Yeah! 
I don't understand. I know that's what they're teaching right now. It's what's hard to understand. Verse 6, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. I'd rather be broke and love the Lord than a rich pervert. Boy, if that Ghislaine Maxwell turns, she's going to commit suicide any day now. You watch. We're taking bets on the day and time. <laughs> Say again? Did they really? Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Look in the end. Money's nice, man. It affords you the ability not to worry about having money. But it ain't going to get you to heaven. Man, if, 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 if your perversion is making you rich, abandon it. Abandon it. Verse 7. Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Now, I love when he does this cute literary style here. He encompasses one and then, then kind of commits to the other. Here's what I mean by that. He says... Whoever keeps the law, whoever reads the Bible and keeps it, is a discerning son. You get it. You understand. It, it almost goes with the previous verse. Listen, for you to read the Bible and to apply it to your life means you're smart. It means you're smart. But a companion of gluttons shames his father, meaning we understand that the law says that gluttony is a bad thing. Gluttony, when you, when you want more than enough, when you want more than what's enough. A companion, if you're hanging out with gluttons, people who want more, 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 more. What's really, um, what's crazy, money's such a perverter going by both of these verses. We often see people come to the church and uh, they're having, going through a hard time financially and they come to church and they start to get their life right and um, they, the, the crazy thing is they find a consistency in coming to church and reading the Bible. And all of a sudden they get a job. And, and because they're consistent in reading the Bible, they become steady. And then they get a job. And their job, it starts to make them money. And then the, the job that's making them money pulls them away from church and reading the Bible and all these things. And, and we see it so often in church and just, you know, you're keeping the law makes you discerning. But... Making yourself after that, attaching yourself to gluttons, you're just going to make a shame out of yourself. You, got, you guys understand that, how that works together? Continue. Verse 8. One who increases his possessions by usury and extortion gathers it for him who will pity the poor. It's an interesting verse, but keep something in mind. This verse is one of the most misused verses in the entire scripture. For the name it and claim it churches, and you know, I don't like to say negative things about other churches. You know, God bless them. They have to stand before God. Those teachers have to stand before God and do it. But I will call out filthiness when I see filthiness because that's our job. The Bible very clearly says that judgment begins in the house of God. You know, it's not our job to judge the world. The, 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 the homosexuals, the transgenders, the, the wicked livers, that's, that's, that's God. Our job is to love them into the church. But what our, what our job in the church is, is to make sure those that are in the church understand there's a purity you must maintain. 
Well, nobody cares what you say. You got a little church. Yeah, that's true. And, and I don't care what they say. I don't care how big their church is. So it works good that way, right? But here, some name it and claim it churches, the prosperity gospel churches, say if you tell God you want a Cadillac, because the Bible says he has to answer your prayer, you'll get it. And they use this verse. See? See? You will receive the wages of the wicked. You will receive the riches of the wicked. That is not what this means here. That is a complete, what's called a bastardization of the text. You take the Father out of it completely, the whole heart of this. Here's what this means. If you, you know what usury is? We used to call that in the street loan sharking, charging vig on your money. Hey, hey Dave, 100 bucks, I'll lend you 100 bucks today, 120, you pay me back next week. Got it. That's called usury or loan sharking. If you gain a profit by usury and ex or extortion, you know, you got the cleanest windows of everybody on the block. Man, they're clean. Be a shame if somebody, if something happens to them. You know, I can make sure these windows stay clean for 25 bucks a week. My guy will be here to pick that money up. And you don't, they don't pay. Oh, man, did your window get broken? That's a shame. You know, for 25 bucks, I can make sure there's windows. That, you understand? That's extortion. That's extortion. Usury and extortion. He says, if you increase your possession, if you get, make money by usury and extortion, you're only collecting that money so somebody else can have it later on. Pastor Bob, what do you used to always say? You never seen a hearse with a U-Haul attached to it? So me and my wife decided to spend all our money and leave nothing for our kids. <laughs> verse 9 is a scary verse. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. You know, when I was away, going 25 years ago, there was a guy in there, and he knew I was born again. He was, he was an Italian guy, and we hung out because there was only six Italians there. So we hung out and we ate together. And I used to always pray for the food. And he, ah, give me a break, can't we? Uh, you know, every time you got to, what do you, this, this kind of thing. And one day he mentioned that he was saying his prayers before he went to bed. And he looked at me and he was, oh, you surprised? You didn't know that I prayed also? Well, just, I, I see how you're like so against the Bible. He says, look, just because I don't like the Bible don't mean I don't pray. And the first thing that came up is, hey, man, I just read this verse, because I was brand new in the Word back then. Was, I had just gotten saved. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to share this verse with him. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that, that squeeze would not, wouldn't be worth the juice. You know what I mean? Because if you turn away your ear from hearing the Bible, ain't nobody hearing your prayers. Now, keep this in mind, though. There is one prayer that God always answers yes to. We've said this. You guys that have been a part of our church for any length of time know. There's one prayer God always answers in the affirmative. There's always one prayer that God always says yes to. What is that prayer? Will you forgive me? This is what we call the season of the time, the dispensation of grace. God is saying yes to will you forgive me. So even somebody who doesn't like the Bible, if they at least go to God, but, but I do... I do find this very interesting verse uh, and, and scary. 
You agree? Whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit good. Um, there was a, a very famous um, preacher slash evangelist named um, D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody uh, is said, and I, I love quoting this because it's, it's so, it's so um, mind-tantalizing. Um, said, D.L. Moody did nothing for God except depopulate hell by three million souls. He was a big man, though. By the time he died, D.L. Moody was 300 pounds. Yeah, huge, huge dude. And he used to do this thing all the time where um, people used to say to him, this girl asks him one time why he always tells them they shouldn't be a part of the world. We shouldn't be a part of the world. And they say, well, but don't you go into the world? He always used to say, listen, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And he used to say like this. He got a chair, and he sat it down on, on, on near his pulpit, and he had this little girl stand on the chair, and he held her hand. And he said, pull me up. And she went, huh? Pull me up. And like I said, D.L. Moody's a big dude. Pulled her up, and this is this. And watch this. Yank her right down. He goes, there's your picture. The world can pull you down like that, pulling them up. Hard work. So, whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit. But the blameless will inherit good. Now, that word blameless is an interesting word there. Guys, not sinless. Blameless. There's a difference. You, Christian, will never be sinless, but you will be blameless. According to 1 John 1, 9, if a man, 1 John chapter 3, I think it is, if a man says he has no sin, he's a liar. And he makes God a liar. Right? But you can be blameless. You can be coated with Teflon so that the sin doesn't stick to you. And all you have to do is 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, God is faithful to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Well, then you'll get the smarty pantses, the wiseacres that'll say, well, that means I could just do anything I want. Just say, God, forgive me. And then with that, you say, you know, the Bible says God's not mocked. What a man sows this to, he shall reap. Don't mock God. You don't play with God. Can you see God up in heaven going, darn it, I never thought of that. Darn it. Man, you got me. Got me. Man, now that guy can just sin and ask for forgiveness. It's exactly what happens. The rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor man who has understanding searches him out. Do you guys remember, I think it was last week or the week before, what it said about somebody who thinks they're wise? Anybody remember that verse? There's more hope for a fool than for somebody who thinks he's wise. And there, I think he's kind of piggybacking these two verses because obviously the same guy wrote it. He says, you know, people who are wise in their own eyes, even though they're rich, a poor man is wiser if he searches that man out. Dig the depths of that person's heart. Riches are not gifted to the intelligent. I mean, we, we seem to think that if somebody's really smart, that means they're rich. Or if somebody's really dumb, it means they're poor. It, it's, it's not. Um, 
it's the quote-unquote, and I mean this loosely, it's the luck of the draw. I mean, I grew up loving reptiles and amphibians. Back then, the best you could hope to do is get a job as a curator of a museum or, or a zoo. The best you could hope to do. Who knew? Who ever dreamed that that business was going to explode? You know what I mean? Who knew that was going to be a, a, a billion-dollar industry? I certainly didn't know it. It's, it's not smart or dumb. But when you're smart is when you try to explore the depths of somebody else's heart and mind. Be more interested in somebody else besides yourself. You see, you see the dichotomy that's here? There's, there's a really juxtaposed thought process here. And I, I love the way he lays it out where you got to really roll this over. And I don't know why he uses the whole rich, poor thing, but I suppose it's just to add some more thought to it. Somebody who thinks highly of themselves, even though he's rich, doesn't mean he's smart. But a poor man, even a poor man, is smarter than a rich man if he'll find out about that person. How'd you get this? How'd you, tell me about yourself. The old saying, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Yeah, it's definitely a humility. To ask somebody about themselves, you know, if, are you in that, that, you know, it's just my family bloodline. You know, we were always talkers, just blah, 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 blah. If there was a conversation, you could be sure that somebody in my family was going to do twice the talking as the other person in the conversation. But to be a good listener, man, that's, that's a humble gift. It's a wonderful gift. You know, we had um, uh, John Schnelli from the old Calvary. He had his pastor named John Schnelli from old and this dude could sit and listen to you for hours upon hours with interest. And he'd ask questions about what you just said. Never, ever talking about himself. Just such a, this guy, when I was away, I'm going, again, I'm going back 25 plus years. The dude would come and see me every month. Just tell me how your month's been. Tell me, like, he would just listen. I was so blessed by that guy. People that, that listen, that's, I think that's what this verse more bears out. But again, please, these things have so many facets, like a diamond that shines light in. I'm giving you one little petal off this flower. I am not saying this is what the verse means. Unlike most of the verses in the New Testament, listen, means this, don't screw it up because you can make your own religion out of it. This is the book of Proverbs, man, there's so many facets to this diamond. You could get seven different meanings out of these verses here, and they're all right, and they're all godly, and they're all followable, and they're all good promises. You understand what I'm saying here? Good. When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. When the wicked arise, men hide themselves. You guys see who just got um, voted into office in Virginia? A guy named Youngkin. Born-again believer, loves the Lord, ran his whole campaign with saying, I will return Virginia to the Lord. And now he's in office and he's rejoicing because he just got sworn in. The people are freaking out who hate God. How could he say, no, we've got a Christian in all that crazy, right? When the righteous rejoice, there's great glory. Listen, I, can't, I don't even know anybody in Virginia. Well, actually, my daughter lives in Virginia. I know somebody in Virginia. She actually lives in Loudoun County, that crazy county that's going on too. 
But for argument's sake, let's make Louisiana in there. I don't even know anybody in Virginia, just for argument's sake. And I'm rejoicing because somebody who cares about the righteousness of the Lord is now leading. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. The last time, the last vote, the last uh, election, they had a record turnout. Yeah, like some of that was fake, right? Right? Do you know what's going to happen in the next one? It's going to be one of the lowest turnouts ever. Because when wicked people, eh, people hide themselves. I don't, I don't even care. You can't help this country. It's, it's over. Done. You understand? That's what people say in their head. Continuing. Verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. That word for cover there is not the covering of like a husband over a wife or a wife over a child or something like that. There is a rule in our house. Me and my wife, we cover each other. Like in, in Italian houses or in Jewish houses, which I'm, I'm a part of both, the first thing that happens when you come over for dinner is you find out all the stupid stuff your, 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 your grandmother or your mother or your aunt or your uncle did. You know what he did this week? It's the stupidest thing in the world. We don't do that in our house. We cover each other. You know what your mother did this week? She made the greatest meal I ever had. That's called covering somebody. That's not this word. This word is a blanket over a fire. That's the picture. Whoever covers their sin throws a blanket over the fire. What will happen? They will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, meaning the sins, will have mercy. That's pretty easy to understand, right? Everybody knows how to confess and forsake their sin. I love that even in the Old Testament, it says confess and forsake. God, I'm sorry I slept with my boyfriend last night. Will you forgive me? Sure I will. Thanks. Where are you going? To my boyfriend's house. Verse 14, happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. It's a, um, it's a great prayer to ask God to tenderize your heart. God, make my heart tender. We can grow, especially those of us in ministry, we can grow hardened to the plight of others. When you see things over and over and over and over again, you just start to shake your head and you're just like, I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't care. You start to not care. And we have to be so careful in ministry. You have to be so careful in life. Um, has anybody ever seen that movie, um, Casualties of War? Show of hands, Casualties of War. Listen, Casualties of War is one of the most dramatic movies. If, if you don't cry during Casualties of War, it's about Vietnam. It's really, listen, if you're not into blood and guts, don't watch it. It's foul language, it's blood and guts. But there's a couple of scenes in there which are so moving. And, and the guy that did the movie, and it's, it's um, Michael J. Fox, Sean Penn. It's such a moving movie. It's just, it brings the, 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 the dark side, not, not that there's a light side, but a dark side of, of Vietnam to the front. And um, there's a scene where Michael J. Fox is talking to another soldier. And like they're supposed to be the Christians in there. And, and, and some guy just dies. 
in front of them. And they're like, yeah, that guy was dead before he got here. What an idiot he is. And then Michael J. Fox grabs him and goes, wait a second, what are we doing? Like, this guy just got killed in front of us. What's happening to us? And that's what we get, like, we're in this world, and it's like, it's, it. it's another day. You know, oh, well, did, oh, me and my wife have been really sad the last couple of days. Did you guys see that the homeless guy that went in and killed that girl, the UCLA student? This beautiful kid, she's from New Jersey. She moves to, she's going to school. I know she went to school in Florida, I think at FIU. And then she went to um, UCLA to study interior design and she's working in this independent furniture store. Some homeless guy goes in there, stabs her a bunch of times, leaves her for dead on the floor. He walks out the back door like it's nothing. It's just another day in the park. And then you got the, the, the DA of, 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 of Los Angeles County. It's just like, let him free. Let him go free. It's not his fault. It's their fault. Let him free. Let him all free. Get him out of prison. Get him out of jail. I, like, what, what, what's going on here? You, you guys understand what I'm saying? No, they didn't catch him yet. They didn't catch that guy yet. But, but oh, they caught him? Yeah, his, his whole life he's been in trouble. Verse 15, like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. I think the lesson there is not only to... Um, to see the obvious, it's also to see if you are a, a leader, if you are um, a boss, if you are any kind of leader, man, that's how you don't govern people. That's not how you govern people. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. I don't want to make it all political, but you can apply the thing that's going on in our lives right now to that. Verse 16, a ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetous, covetousness will prolong his days. Again, because there's so many practical lessons in this, especially about leadership, remember who's writing this. This guy was the king of all Israel, and his father was also the king. His father's name was David. His name was Solomon. And he's learning these lessons as he goes. His father taught him a lot of lessons He's learning them himself as he goes, and he goes, you know, it's so easy to see how when you take somebody who has no experience, take somebody who has no idea what it is to rule and to lead people, and you put, like, again, these college-educated people, you, you got this Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, she just, she just doesn't understand. Listen, you cannot just give people things and think that they're going to be responsible with them. That's not how this works. Well, her heart is right, but she wants socialism at heart is good and giving people what they need. Yeah, 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 got that. But this ain't heaven. And giving people things, you kill their incentive. Candace Owens did such an amazing commentary on, on Tucker Carlson last night. Um, she said, it, it's, it's the new slavery, what they've got going on. It's the new slavery. They give them just enough to live and not enough to thrive. And they're completely dependent upon the government. It is the new slavery. So sad, so sad what's going on. Verse 17, one of my favorite verses. I've applied this to my own life so many times. A man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. Listen, do you know how many phone calls I get in the course of a year 
My husband punched the wall. My husband smashed the car. My husband hit me. My husband did this. My son, he, he threw the, this. He, my son. Now what? Now he's in jail. He got arrested. My son got into a fight at a club and got arrested. What should I do? I say anything? Nothing. I should just leave him in jail? But what? Just leave him in jail. Why? And I, I always showed him this verse. A man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. And I, I love the unspoken of this verse. What's the unspoken in the verse? Who's he going to meet in the pit, guys? But if we keep rescuing them from their pits, is he ever going to meet the Lord? Is he ever going to hit rock bottom, as they say? Man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let him stay there. If your husband's screwed up, leave him there. No, but he's going to get out. Your husband's hitting you. You need to go get an order of protection against him. But I don't want to get him in trouble. And you want to die, right? And you want your kids to see you get beat up. Is that what you want? I just don't know what to do. Who else is going to love me? Look at me. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm disgusting. Oh, the conversations behind closed doors. Break your heart. Can I read that again? A man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. Mom, whoever walks blamelessly will be saved, but he who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. Again, blamelessly. What's blameless? To accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, to get the covering of God upon you, Old Testament-wise, because you've um, sufficiently given God the, uh, the sacrifice necessary, then you become blameless. A man who is blameless will be saved. But if you're perverse in your ways, you'll, you'll suddenly fall. Did Jeffrey Epstein ever think that things were going to go down on him? No. He thought he was above the law. And he might have been above the law, man. It's the craziest thing. You know when you are... I use it as an example, but it's like my dad was such a player. My dad was, I mean, what a handsome, my, my father was like the epitome of 70s, man, 60, late 60s, 70s. he was Italian and his hair was, was curly and he, he just chiseled Joe, my father was such a good looking man and the fruit of being such an attractive Sicilian dark skin, you know, he was, he was like, I show you a picture of me, he, he, he was in movies with, with Robert De Niro, and I mean, just, he was one of them. And then something happened one day. He got old. And, and you know, when you're in your, your 60s and you got your shirt unbuttoned down to here and the hairy chest and the, and the chains, it's just, something happens all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? Bless his heart. May he rest in peace. Verse 19, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. 
Listen, let me give you, instead of the application of the practical, which I can give you, you know, especially now that I've become like this, uh, this a grower of plants, I can tell you you've got to break up the dirt and put it in your... Forget about that. Use the application to self. You know the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? But an old Christian dog should be learning new tricks every day. Every day. Man, what can I learn today? Lord, change something today. I, 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 I intentionally, it drives my wife crazy. I intentionally, my wife, what are you doing? I'm rearranging my closet. Why? It was the same for too long. I like things. My wife likes things staying. My wife lives in a static, what's called a static world, a frozen world. Boom. When she has everything just right, don't move it, don't you? Somebody peed on the floor. I could see the, the dog peed on the floor. She sees me, I want everything moving. There's a dog peed on the floor. Good, throw the car out. Let's get another one. You know? That's to um, break up the fallow ground. Change it around, man. Don't, don't get stagnant and stale. Don't be afraid to go to school and get a new job. And don't, don't be afraid, man. Again, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity, you'll have enough poverty for yourself. Do you ever meet those people? They're what's called money funny. Doesn't matter how much money they get, they got to, it just burns a whole night. Like, 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 listen, do, do yourself a favor. Do something different now. You just, you just got a, a, a little cash windfall. Yeah. Don't invest it in something stupid. Some people just can't not do that. Oh, no, I'm telling you, man. This Bitcoin is a big thing. I, I don't know what Bitcoin is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I can, I'm searching for final, financial security. You know what I mean? Oh, 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 man. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Now, the latter part of verse 20 speaks more to the beginning of verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings. That word for faithful, you could circle the word faithful, and right next to it, just guy who shows up. That's exactly what that word means, the guy who shows up. So if you're in a rush, let me give you a for instance. People show up to my place of work. I got about 25, 30 employees right now. People show up, and the guy that keeps asking me every week for a raise, can I have a raise, can I have a raise? And I just say, do me a favor, please. Just show up. Yeah, but you know, I could get another. Go to the other job. People here who make more money are faithful people. The guy that's in a rush to get rich Again, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Let me tell you the application of this from a church perspective. Do you know how people go to church? They go, they go to a church, especially if it's a big church. Man, I want to be a pastor at this church. I'm going to be a pastor at this church. Why, do you think that the pastor is like the top thing? Like, like first you become a, elder, a deacon and then an elder and then a pastor. That, that's the ladder you climb? You know, God makes men what they are. Yes, but I'm going, I should be a pastor. I should, they should let me teach the Bible. In my old church, I was, everybody wanted to teach about Oh, I teach in this ministry, and when are they going to ask me to teach and teach? Oh, man. Faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. 
<laughs> I love that verse. Visual on this one, think about a boss who walks in and he shows preferential treatment to somebody in that place. If your employees, if your children see you showing favor, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to try to get that favoritism. If you, they call it nepotism. That's the fancy word they use when you, when you, when you favor one child over another. If you let your kids, let your employees, let your friends see that, they will do everything they can, including sin. Again, let me read that. To show partiality is not good. You know why? Because even for a little piece of bread, somebody will sin. Again, we're, we're, we're learning together here. Although I'm talking to you guys in a manner that might suggest that I have this stuff down, I don't. I've just read this thing, this, this, this book. I've read this book for 25 years. I've, I've made every single mistake there is to make it. But please don't let me look like I'm teaching you guys something. I'm just sharing this stuff with you because I've stumbled over every single one of these things. A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. Same thing. It's the money funny people. They're in such a rush. They're in such a... Listen, man. Start at the bottom and work your way up. Don't be in a rush. It's people that have evil intentions that always want now, now, now. now. I want to I have more money now. See it? Continuing. He who rebukes finds more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. Believe me when I tell you, the verse 23, you can use this. Do you guys know what a prophet's reward is? There's something in the Bible called the prophet's reward. Now, in our day and age in churches, they have some of these ultra-Pentecostal, the Assemblies of God, some of the crazy Assemblies of God churches. Most of them are really good, but some of them get crazy. Some of the ultra-Pentecostal churches, they have in these churches apostles, prophets, and you don't even call these people by their name anymore. Like, I explained that on Sunday. Don't call me Pastor Ryan. Pastor's just what I do here. My name's Ryan. Like, I don't call myself Reptile Ryan because I sell reptiles. I don't, well, I do call you Chef David, don't I? But I don't call you Chef David because Chef is just what you do. It's not who you are to me. It's, it's, it's just the weirdest thing that they call them Prophet. Yo, Prophet Joe. Prophet Joe, tell me something. The prophet's reward in the Bible was somebody who usually got stoned, killed, whipped, sawn in half. That was the prophet's reward. So when he says here, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue, it's to understand everything that we learned last week about open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. The wounds of a friend are faithful. If you want to love somebody, remember, you're telling them the truth about themselves and they might not want to hear it but you're loving them. And guess what? There might be a season where they hate your guts. And that season might last your whole life, guys. That afterwards might be heaven. Do you know how many people are not in this church anymore because I said something to them that they didn't like? I said something about their marriage, something about their kids. 
Well, why do you, what makes you the, the guy that has to tell everybody about everything? The craziest thing people ask me. Hey, if there was a little truth, it's like, can you do me a favor? Can you tell me that I'm really good and that my marriage is perfect and my kids never misbehave? <laughs> do me a favor. Ask somebody else. I can't do that. You come and talk to me. I have to tell you the truth. See, because he who rebukes, you tell somebody the truth, they might walk away mad, but you're going to find more favor afterward. I've had that happen multiple times. Not nearly enough of late, but so many times people have come back and go, man, you're the only one that told me the truth. When everybody else was snowing me. When everybody else was telling me what I want to hear, you're the only one that told me the truth. But that prophet's reward, it stings at first, doesn't it, guys? Try to tell your family the truth about something? Like that prophet's reward, don't you? Whoever robs his father or his mother and says it is no transgression, the same is companion to a destroyer. Do I have to explain that one to you? If you rob your mom and dad and you make an excuse why it's okay for you to take their money or take their stuff or whatever, you're friends with the devil. It's that simple. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. Why are proud heart people stir up strife? Because they refuse to be wrong. You guys heard me tell the story. When I, the last, one of the last times that I talked to Pastor Bob before we, I went out and started this church, he came up to me and said, Ryan, before you start the church, I have to tell you something. And I said, speak on. And he said, you like to be right. And I go, I sure do. He goes, no, you like to be right too much. And that's a bad quality for a pastor. And of course, not being a pastor yet, I had no idea what he was talking about. And I, I did learn, believe me when I tell you, you ask my wife some of the horrible discussions I had with people. I really like being right so much. He said to me, Bob said, you like being so much, that you so much like being right that you often become wrong. The gentleness of a pastor must be evident when he is right and admits he's wrong. The gentleness of any good person will allow themselves to be wrong. You see, because a proud person will stir up strife. A proud person was never wrong. No, no, I admitted I was wrong last time. It's your turn to admit you're wrong this time. Now, you guys ever have that discussion with your spouse? With your friend? With your family? Why do she owes you. She can't say I'm sorry. She... A friend of mine called me the other day, told me about the situation he had going on with his girlfriend. Hey, she did this, and it's supposed to be my birthday, that. And after I talked to him for like a half hour, he goes, so you tell me I got to take this one on the chin, too. I'm like, every day, buddy. When we do the vows up here, as we did the vows the other day for, uh, for Jesus and Rachel, Remember the last vow for the woman, uh, for the man to the woman? And to die for you every single day. Listen, I don't spring those vows on people when I marry them in the last second. That's not like, wait a second, I didn't know that was in there. No, we went over that in the office a bunch of times. I want you to read Look at it. Read the vows. Take them home. Take them home read them. We're going to do those vows before God and before man. You know what? Did you read the vows? Oh, I love the vows. The vows are so beautiful. Did you read them? die for you every day. 
every day. Last couple of verses. Now, is this not one that I've talked about a, a million times from this pulpit? He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Boy, is that juxtaposed to the world, huh? Follow your heart, do what your heart tells you to do. Here, Solomon just lays it right out. He goes, you know what? You follow your heart, you're an idiot. <laughs> Don't follow your heart. Walk wisely. What does that mean? What, is that, what does it mean to walk wisely? Obey the word of God. Obey the word of God. The Bible says do not be unequally yoked with a non-believer. Don't go into business with somebody who doesn't love God. And even if they love God, make sure they love God a lot. What do I tell husbands and wives all the time? The best spouse you could find, what is the first quality they should have? They love God more than they love you. If they don't, you're in big, tr you're in big trouble anyway. Believe that. The Apostle Paul said that, not me. Look, don't get married. Bad idea. But if you have to get married, this is the Apostle Paul that said that, not me. Whoever trusts in his own heart's a fool. Whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Listen, the hardest thing in the world is to do something that you don't feel like doing just because the Bible says so. But it is the greatest blessing that you could ever find. You know what I really want to do? I want to move away and fill in the blank. But this is where God called me. And this is what I'm going to do. You guys understand that? Man, they just offered me a job in... Oklahoma making $200,000 a year and I have no other reason to go there. Well, did you spy out the land? I spied out the land. Did you find a church? I can't find a church. I don't know anybody. Like, just for the money, don't wait. Wait, God will open the door. God, 200 grand. Man, 10,000 a month. More than that. There's my addition. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Oh, man, that's so, so important. You give to the poor, you never lack nothing. Don't see him. You know, I was always that guy who refused to give money to bums. Like, no, nah, I ain't going to give that bum no money, man. He's just going to spend it on crack. He's going to spend it on booze. Like, so what? Man, give him money. Give him a prayer. Bless him in the name of the Lord. You paying him, pay him to pray for him. I'll give you this money if you let me pray for you. I do it all the time. Hey, you got a dollar. I'll give you a dollar if you let me pray for you. Most of them, you know, the crazy thing is, it's so crazy. You think that poor, bum, homeless, whatever you want to call them, whatever word I'm supposed to not use this week or not use, you think those people would have, like, no faith at all. You think that, look what God did to my life. I'm a homeless person. I'm alcohol. I'm a... Those people, most of them, most of them, I've met some that are arbitrary toward it, but most of them love God. Please pray for me, man. I'm a druggie. I'm a junkie. Look what my life has come to. It's the craziest thing. And yet the people that are rich that you think would absolutely believe in God, look what God's done. Those are the people. I don't need God. Of course you don't. Yes, you do. Rots a rock. And lastly, verse 28, when the wicked arise, men hide themselves.
but when they perish, the righteous increase. It's the same verse that we read earlier. I don't remember the exact um, verbiage, but it's the same thing. When, when the wicked are in authority, people groan. I mean, when, when, when people that are wicked die, it's a good thing. Although, make no mistake about it. The Bible specifically says, and I'm having really a struggle with this one. God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And I'm going to honest tell you, I'm struggling with that verse because I take a lot of pleasure in the death of the wicked. And I got to stop. I got to stop. Because so many people right now just need to die. It would be so much better world if they died. But God knows a whole lot better than me. God has made all for himself, even the wicked, for the day of doom, right? We're not here to hand out the judgment of God. And I'll, I'll leave you guys, it's 9.05, so we're on time. I'll leave you guys with this quote. It was, um, oh, what was that famous, very famous prophet, his name is Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf is talking to Frodo, and Frodo says to Gandalf, I wish the ring would have never come to me. I wish none of this would have ever happened. I remember that speech. And he says to him, so do all who live to see such times. But that's not for you to decide. What you have to decide is what you're going to do with the time that is given to you. It's a great verse from the movie, right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the wisdom of your word, the, the understanding of your word. And we pray, I pray for anybody that's here that's like, man, that verse just fried me. God, I pray they take that home, they put it in a bag, take it home and live it and, and stand on it and hope in it. God, and I pray that there's some verse that was, that was spoken tonight that your spirit delivered to the, to the heart, to the spirit of somebody who is just in a bad place right now, and this is their deliverance. This is their bridge, God. I ask you to give that person a, a vision right now of the, of the Bible verse just creating a bridge over this troubled water, and they just traversing right across it, right out of this situation. God, I thank you so much um, for my brothers and sisters that are here. Thank you so much for Matt's amazing job tonight in delivering us to a, a good worship time and the servants of the kids and and for Steve and Xavier, God, and, and all the sisters and brothers that make this, thank you so much. Um, bring us back here a Saturday to celebrate Rich and Sunday to do church. And, and if there's any chance that we can hasten your coming, God, that you can rapture us sometime before, like, let's say, 11 o'clock tonight, that'd be great, God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. 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 amen.